Well, good morning and welcome everybody and thank you for joining us. My name is Dwayne Henderson and I'm a member of the Cree Lighting Training and Education Team and host of our e-learning series. For those watching live, happy Monday. I hope you all had a great weekend. Just a quick uh, overview of the sessions. Once we get started, there'll be roughly 15 minutes of content. The presenters will make themselves available uh, for Q&A at the end of each session. Um, the participants are muted, but we do encourage you all to send us either via chat or the Q&A box questions and feel free to type those during the presentation if you would like. Uh, as, as you know, if you've been a, a regular uh, viewer of the content, Monday is design-related content and today's session will be focused on street lighting. To lead us through the session, I'd like to welcome back Jim Blair from our Applications Department and he's joined today by Sean Harris from our Product Marketing Team. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning, Duane. Uh, real quickly, Thanks, Jim. Hey, real quickly, guys, Jim, uh, maybe you first, uh, just a real quick summary of your role within the business, and then Sean, we'll have you follow up. Sure thing. Absolutely. I lead the applications group with Frank Tempesta. I've been with this group for about 12 years. And I'm uh, the senior product manager with responsibilities of, on the outdoor team with responsibilities for street lighting, and I've been with Cree for just under eight years. Perfect. Great. All right, Jim, we're going to have you kick us off, and then Sean's going to come in uh, towards the back end of the presentation. Sounds good. Thanks again, Dwayne. Uh, over the past several weeks, I've defined the recommended practices for you, and they are, again, the consensus-formed lighting recommendation from a knowledgeable and diverse group of lighting stakeholders that help guide the lighting design and product selection process. Essentially, they help us make good quality lighting design choices. Let's get started today by understanding a bit more about the RP818 and what it covers. Last week, we dove deeply into parking garages. This week, we're going to look at roadways. And while that's a broad term uh, that covers many different types of roads, highways and interchanges, intersections and roundabouts, underpasses and tunnels, as well as the parking structures, which we covered. So basically, everywhere there's vehicular traffic. Our focus today is going to be mainly on street lighting. We light for, uh, measure light in a few different ways, and I want to help you understand before we dive in today. I'm going to do my best to over-enunciate these two words uh, because it'll be confusing if I don't. Uh, these words are illuminance and luminance. Illuminance is a simple measure of direct light from a light source. The units are in foot candles, or lux, and readings can be taken with a, a normal direct light meter. Luminance, on the other hand, is the measure of a light being emitted from a surface, measured in candela per meter square. This is a bit more challenging to measure because this introduces two new variables, which are the surface reflectance and the observer to that surface. Measurements of reflections are taken 83 meters back from the calculation point. There's actually a third measurement called STV or small target visibility. We're not going to get into this today, but this measures a specific point as it relates to its background. This is available upon request and needs a little bit more information. Next, let's look at a few instances where good lighting can provide a safe and visually comfortable situation for drivers and pedestrians. The ultimate goal that the RP is trying to cover here is to reduce the potential for crashes. The first picture shows a great example of disability glare and shows the importance of having good vertical foot candles. The second image here shows the importance of good color quality. 
Some lights reproduce colors a little bit better than others, and the ability for us to create that visual contrast against the background promotes good visual quality for drivers and pedestrians. And then further along the page, we can see a roundabout. This has the highest potential areas for conflict with vehicles and pedestrians. You can see all of the different areas that are entering um, the roundabout as well as the crosswalk um, in the picture. We also need to respect the environments that we're lighting. You can see in the lower left, we have an example of a post-top light being placed very near a residential area. We need to respect these environments and the people that are in these spaces. We also need to improve the ability to service and install these products, as you can see in the lower right. Roadways break down into three different classifications, local, collector, and major. Local roadways provide direct access to residential, commercial, and abutting properties. Collector basically serves to connect the local and major roadways. Major roadways are what serve a city, basically um, all the roadways that enter and leave a city. There's a second level to the criteria that is important to understand. This is the pedestrian volume. This is a high, medium, and low value. The high pedestrian classification is a commercial area maybe an ur urban environment with high nighttime pedestrian traffic. This is often cluttered and needs a higher horizontal and vertical uh, value of light. Image one shows a very good populated, populated street or crosswalk in a downtown city. Medium pedestrian tra uh, classification is moderate pedestrian traffic. That might be near libraries or uh, a rec centers you can see the moderate level of, of pedestrian traffic in the middle image. And then low pedestrian traffic would be in a rural setting or county roads, um, major highways, basically where no pedestrians or bike paths exist. Our final variable that we want to determine is the roadway surface classification. This comes in R1, R2, and R3, and R4 values. R1, this can be a smooth surface that has good contrast with the white or yellow lines that are present with a stark black background. R2 and R3, this is where we standardize in our calculations. To be conservative, unless we're told differently, this is kind of where our design work lives. And then R4, that would be a clean concrete type of value. We would use that for maybe a larger highway or a specifically noted concrete street. The reflectance is about 0 0.08 value here, so it might bump some of our numbers up. We tend to play it safe, again, where we uh, look at worn asphalt and dirty concrete. We want to give that value over time again. We're going to look at a specific example in a moment, but I want to pause here and mention a few variables that exist in street lighting. You can see the lighting, uh, lighting upgrade. We might have existing poles. Uh, certainly heights are defined in that case. Arm length, uh, pole spacing is defined. The roadway geometry is always defined. These are, these are our fixed variables that we have when we come into a design. If we have a new development, conversely, we actually 
use those variables above that we have the ability to flex on, such as the spacing, the mounting height, arm length, all of those will be variables and tools that we can now use to make a good lighting design and find the best value. It really helps us optimize. So we're gonna look at it, uh, the, the specific example now. I put this together, um, going through the checklist, we have a roadway application. Um, it is a local with a medium pedestrian conflict. And the pavement classification, like I said, is the R2 and R3. The recommended practices mandate that we that we or recommend that we use a 0.5 candela per meter square average here, six to one average to min, 10 to one maximum to minimum. So like I was talking about, the ability to flex or <laughs> fine tune and optimize the solution, um, I really took advantage here of the pole height and arm length um, and then the spacing to achieve exactly that result. So we're looking at a 30 foot wide two lane local roadway uh, with a four foot setback and I added some sidewalks and crosswalks. Um, so I, because I had the ability to do that, I was able to bring in our Traveo small with a type 2ME optic using approximately 5,000 lumens to achieve exactly the metrics that we needed to meet. So it's important to note that when the recommended practices ask us to do a straight piece of roadway, they want us to do it in candela per meter square. In areas where there's high pedestrian, class, uh, high pedestrian classes or, or present, basically we are able to use the illuminance method at that point. So if you have a roundabout, an intersection, um, on and off ramps, areas where there's high pedestrian traffic, you can use the illuminance method and it's recommended. So here I'm using a 22, 22 foot mounting height in a staggered position to achieve that 0.5 and all of the uniformity criteria that we have. Um, when you measure this 281 feet spacing, same side spacing is uh, appropriate for measuring the staggered configuration. So when all of these values are open to me, I can optimize and find the best value. If somebody had come to me and said, hey, Jim, you can only use the 3ME optic here, or you can only use you know, such and such lumens, or you're limited to this, even wattage is fine, but if you're limited to things, um, it, it may, provide, you know, we, we might have used 250 foot spacing here instead of 281, therefore having to purchase more product. I want to mention also the, the lumen maintenance factor is the other concern. You know, if we're, if we're asking for a 0 0.90 lumen maintenance factor, you know, we could be showing values far beyond what we, what we could. Um, if our maintenance factor at 50,000 hours, if is 0.99, we're taking a lot of value there off the table. So make sure that when you're putting fixed variables in place, they're in a meaningful way. So with that, I'd like to hand the presentation off to Sean Harris. All right, thank you, Jim. Hey, Sean, it looks like you got over your fear of heights, huh? Yeah, that's a little sketchy there, but um, <laughs> it's one way to get to them. So um, maybe go ahead and go to the next slide for me. 
It's a really, really funky picture. All right, so before we dive into the products individually, I want to just take a second to cover the full range of products that we have. And as you can see here, we've got uh, three different families, uh, the RSW, the XSP, and the Treveo. And each of them uh, cover the range from what we you know, have a 70 watt HPS all the way up to a 400 watt HPS. Or another way to look at it is through the lumens from anywhere from two to 3,000 lumens all the way up to 32,000 lumens. And by having these three families that cover this, we're able to address the areas that Jim was talking about earlier with either the local resident streets, the collector roads, or, or the major roads and highways. Next slide, please. Uh, we're going to start out with the RSW. This is our spec grade product. And uh, if you were on the uh, webinar last week, then you heard Don talking about the IG uh, parking garage light that uses the WaveMax. And this is another product that we utilize the WaveMax in. And the benefit here from a street lighting standpoint is that this distributes a smooth, even lighting into the application. And while that works well in collector roads and highways, it's very beneficial in the residential settings. Uh, another thing that you'll note on this product here, um, again, they all cover the, the, you know, the, the ranges from like 70 to 400 watt. But one thing you'll notice here is that in the CRI, or I'm sorry, in the CCTs, we offer both 70 and 80 CRI as an option for the small and medium versions on these. And if staying with the CCTs for a moment, we cover from 2700 K8, which is uh, 80 CRI, all the way up to a uh, 5000 K. And uh, what's coming soon is we're going to have some warmer color temperatures. We're starting to see a trend in the industry to con that's continuing into even warmer color temperatures. And we've got a 2200 coming soon, as well as a turtle light that'll be available soon. Um, that's uh, it's measured differently, but that uh, provides a safe uh, nesting ground for turtles on the coastal areas, as well as areas that need a um, uh, different wavelengths around, say, like um, observatories and such. So the RSW uh, comes in four sizes: our, uh, our, the small, medium, large, and extra large. And again, this one covers from 3,300 up to 30, just under 32,000 lumens. Um, go to the next slide, please, for me. This is an application shot in San Francisco uh, where we're using the RSW in a residential setting. And this is what I was talking about before with the use of the WaveMax technology uh, in, the, in the optics. You can see we've got a very smooth and even distribution on the streetlight. But what's key here is it's not reaching out into the residential uh, areas where it's, it's not going up against the houses. So uh, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of good luck with this fixture. A lot of very happy customers. Uh, this has been a, a product that uh, kind of helps prevent the phone from ringing once a fixture gets put installed because uh, it meets all of the the technical applications that Jim was discussing. But it also keeps the residents happy because the light's not coming into the houses. Next slide, please. This is showing our XSP. This is uh, the longest. That, uh, that we're talking about here today. This one's been out uh, for six, seven years now, and we have over a million fixtures installed around the globe on this, and the number continues to rise. Uh, there's uh, This one comes in three sizes. You can see the small, medium, and large, and through those three sizes, we have the, the lumen packages that go from 5,000 up to 24,000 lumens. And another thing you'll note that's uh, new on this one is the availability of other colors that uh, before we just had the silver that was available for the small, um, but the black and bronze for the larger sizes, now it's available across all the sizes. So whether you're using this for a residential setting or maybe even a commercial setting where you need other colors, um, 
we've got uh, we've got the other colors available now. Another thing here, when when Jim was talking about maintenance and being easy to use for the installers, uh, all of the products that we're going to talk about share some sources, uh, sh share some uh, similar instances where they've all got toolless access, a uh, toolless adjustable photocell receptacle. And then you'll notice here in the options on the far right, both the RSW and the XSP come with what we call our Q option or our X option. And what that does is it allows you to, the Q option allows you to adjust the lumen output in the field if need be, or we can lock it down with the X option and we program it at the factory. And what that does is it allows you, say you've got a fixture that, or an application that requires 3,500 lumens and you wanna use a small, you can dial it down like again, either in the, in the field or at the factory. Next slide, please. And this is a, an application shot of an XSP. And again, you can see the, the even distribution here. And then also going back to what Jim was talking about with the quality of light and the increased contrast, you can see how the yellow lines really pop, the, uh, the pedestrian cross rocks really pop. And you can even see on the, the right-hand side of the sc uh, screen, just how good the grass looks underneath uh, these fixtures. And what that's showing is just with that increased uh, color quality, you do have a good visual acuity at night where um, we've got to you know, be concerned with uh, either walkers safety or driving safety. Next slide, please. So finally wrapping up our product offerings uh, product bit today with a Treveo series. This is our newest fixture that we've just released within the last year. Um, it's a complete line of fixtures comes again in four sizes, the small, medium, large and extra large. And a note on that, we've also worked to streamline our nomenclature across the roadway family so that everything is now consistent. So you'll see that that naming structure is carried across all the lines, as is all the ordering information. But with the uh, Treveo here, it does have a complete line of optics. It's got an even broader range of optics than the others. Uh, it's got a broad range of CCTs and uh, comes standard with uh, the UL, the UH option. So 122 to 277 or 347 to 480. Um, this is a full metallic fixture uh, across the si across the whole family, where um, it's it's you know all sizes are using full metallic, and again this one does have toolless access as well as an adjustable photocell receptacle. And uh, you'll notice one difference here: this one has the Q option, but not the X. So what that does is it allows you to be able to you know, again you can adjust that in the field. So that's the uh, uh, the way we do that with the Treveo and the ranges, the lumen ranges from there go from 2000 lumens all the way to 30. So we did a uh, did a good job of trying to cover all of them with the Treveo, but we do understand that in some instances you may need to uh, to back it down even um, additionally to meet local specs. Next slide, please. So this is time to take in some of the information that you've seen before and overlaying the products, uh, how they meet with the different um, uh, applications. So for the local residential streets, you can use any any of the three, the RSW, XSP, or Treveo, the small and medium, uh, start to blend into the, from the local resident up to the collectors. And then as you get out onto the highway, the families all cover from the collector roads up into the major roads and highways, and you get up into replacing that 400 watt uh, HPS uh, lemon packages. So that's the, that's the art, that's the, the full roadway side. And I think we're at the question section. Great. Thanks, uh, Jim and Sean. So we do have some questions coming in. If you guys have more questions, please uh, continue to use either the, the Q&A box or the chat box. Uh, Sean, we'll start with you. There's a couple of uh, things on people's wish lists, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And the first question is around the RSW and, and asking if we are working on a type 4 and type 5 optic for that, uh, for that product. 
So we have worked on a type five. Uh, we didn't have a lot call for it, so it got up a little bit, but if we have a need for that, we do already have a head start on working on that, and I see that's from Arctic Sales, so if you for, um, if you just reach out to us, let us know if you have an opportunity, we'll be happy to take a look at it. And then another ask uh, around the Treveo would be a, about a DALI option for that solution. Yes, so we are working on that right now. We have, uh, we, we've found a technical solution, so we're just working to go through some of the final testing on that. I would say we should have Dolly and Treveo uh, definitely by the end of the year, but um, stay tuned to all and um, working with the roadway sales team or even the CNI sales teams, and we'll be sure to get that information out. But yes, that is definitely something we are working on for sure. And I know Treveo is, is the newest launch product within the within the family of streetlights. There's a question here about uh, if, if we've done any case studies around that product or examples of municipalities that might have used that solution. So we don't have case studies yet, but we do have a couple of, uh, of larger installations. Uh, both of them are outside of the U.S. right now. We've got a large installation in Canada, and we've got some larger, insta larger installations down in Latin America. Um, across the U.S., uh, we have seen a good uh, lift for the product. Um, but uh, as usual, as, as usual, what happens with roadway programs, um, they take a little bit to take off uh, at the customer level. So we are starting to see uh, smaller to medium order. We've had plenty of smaller to medium orders on that, but not enough yet to do a case study. And when the one in Canada gets finished, well, we'll be working to do a case study for there. Perfect. All right, here's another one. Maybe this is you or, or and or Jim, but have you seen any local communities comparing LED to traditional sources complaining about lack of light on sidewalks? I think that speaks to the optical configuration. Um, I've not personally seen that. I've, I've more and more we're integrating the sidewalks as part of the design studies um, because that pedestrian traffic, like we mentioned in the presentation, is so important. Um, and the visual acuity, not only from the pedestrian to the car, but the car to the pedestrian. So more and more that will become a thing and we'll you know measure that in illuminance like we um, mentioned uh, but nothing really comes to mind as far as 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 that ask yeah i think the one image you had early on jim of the of the post top fixture the one thing i don't know if sean if you touched on but we do have backlight solutions uh yes. when it's going the other way so if you have spill light hitting homes where that's problematic so the the, the trick is sometimes it's desirable to have some backlight, but too much might be a problem. And, and using the design process and the tools that we have, I think it, it's all about trying to hit the right metrics where you want to keep communities safe, but you also want to manage still light and light trespass. Yeah, Dwayne, that's actually a good point. We do have uh, backlight shields for all three side, all three families, and we are we either have already released or in the process of releasing cul-de-sac shields. So um, think of it almost like a colander that protects it, uh, you know, from the back and the two sides as well. Um, what's available now is on the spec sheets, and then the other ones are um, either in the process of being finalized or um, will come soon. So, thank you, Jane. And then, uh, Sean, maybe this is yours. I mentioned uh, a trend towards warmer CCTs. Are you seeing cities or states uh, setting this as a requirement in the kind of parentheses, kind of code driving some of this? You know, we, we saw that happen really quickly after the AMA announcement in 2016, where a lot of cities just immediately uh, reacted and didn't want to be caught in a situation where they would be um, putting up products that, you know, could be considered um, dangerous or what have you. So I am seeing or we are seeing 
some cities and towns um, starting to do that as a requirement. Um, it seemed to have started on the coasts, uh, both the uh, east and west coast, and it's working its way across the middle. So uh, we've had them available for a long time. Uh, we had them available before the EMA announcement, and what we were able to do is just turn them on. So yes, we are starting to see some cities and areas have that as a requirement. Yeah, the International Dark Sky Association also requires 3,000 um, additional uplight, 3,000 or lower CCTs. So the reality is we have, you know, Sean, you have a great selection of CCTs to pick from. So whatever is driving the requirement, you know, we, we don't want to force people into thinking one is better than the other, but we want to have solutions that meet whatever the local needs are uh, within the community. Yeah. So I think that's important to as well. And one of the benefits with uh, with the LED versions going into the um, the twenty the twenty seven hundred for sure, and even down into the, the twenty two, is we've got such a higher CRI that if you're comparing it to an HPS, you know an HPS can have a CRI in the low teens or twenties, and these are holding in the seventies. So even though you've got what is considered a, a yellow a yellowish light um, coming from the source when you're down actually in the application. The colors, be it somebody's shirt, a car, or what have you, the colors do pop. So that's a that's a benefit with um, with what we've got here. Okay, perfect. Uh, Sean, there's a question about RSW and bronze. We're doing that in bronze now, correct? That is correct. Yeah, you can get all all four sizes available in bronze, and I also see one right above it with Treveo and white. Uh, it's not on the spec sheet, but that's something. Again, if we've got an opportunity, uh, it can it's full metallic, so it can be painted. Uh, we just need to know uh, about the opportunity and the timing associated with it, but um, don't hesitate to send in the request at least. Okay, and then uh, there was a, a question, Jim, about the reflective surfaces and, and how that might respond to different light distribution patterns. Is there any correlation between what pattern in, in those reflective surfaces or does that not make much difference? It does make a difference. Um, the, for instance, I, if I can explain it really quickly, you know, if you used a 4ME um, in an example uh, on a roadway, that angle of incident from from the from the source hitting the uh, surface would then bounce uh, kind of off the roadway forward. Um, if you use a Type 2ME or a Type 2S uh, optic, you're basically allowing that. Um, that roadway to catch the illuminance and bounce it up towards the uh, reflect up towards the observer. So you do see some some value there. Actually, it reflects back to the observer technically. Um, but um, yeah, the the angle of incident coming out from the optic absolutely does uh, influence the luminance of the street. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Sean, there's a question here about in the comment box about which luminaires qualify for Buy American Act. I don't know if you, I know that sometimes can get kind of tricky. Can you comment on that? Well, that's that is a tricky one. So uh, both RSW and XSP are built in Racine, so uh, they're you know that's the only way they're built is, is out of our Racine factory. Factory, whether or not they meet for qualify for Buy American, I do believe both of those do. I need to double check though. Uh, Treveo is uh, has two different assembly options, one of which is uh, assembled in the US of um, US and foreign parts. So if I can, and I can't see that the question's coming in anymore, but if we can write down who's looking for that, that's something we can definitely respond back to. But I do know that um, they do meet some forms of the Buy American, uh, the XSP and RSW does. 
Yeah, I know typically we re reference the ARRA uh, funded type pro yeah. projects, but certainly they meet that. But once you start getting into Buy American Acts and stuff like that, depending on how you're defining it, it might be going, you know, item by item within a bill material sometimes. So yeah, and we, can the, the, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we can provide the. Yeah, we can provide the. Go ahead, Sean. I was going to say we can provide the, I think it's called a letter of um, a certificate of origin um, as, as requested. We, we have that information available. And then just to wrap up the, the Q&A here, there was a question about slides. Those will be made available, a PDF version is made available on CreeLink. So you can reach out to your, your CreeLighting contact, whoever that might be within the, within the channel. And then there's a similar question about the, the adder for the 10-year warranty on Treveo. Um, RSW and XSV are standing with 10-year warranties. Treveo has a five-year warranty with an optional 10-year. For what that specific adder is, again, we, we probably, Sean, want to reach out to the channel for, for that number, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely the best thing to do because it'll you know it can vary based on size of project and such. But it's uh it's you know it's not a it's not a large adder, um, but it's best to uh, reach out through the sales channel and um, get it priced. All right, perfect. Well, I will wrap up, Jim. If you want to advance to our last slide, I want to thank everybody again for joining. I also want to thank both Jim and Sean for their um, presenting the content today, and appreciate the questions we got today as well. So thanks to the the audience. Um, just looking ahead for the, the remainder of the week on Wednesday, we'll be diving into TM30, so getting a better understanding of what that is um, in terms of that color quality metric. And then on Friday, our control session will be around integrating with Lutron. And then looking forward to next week uh, for the recommended practices, uh, Jim will be looking at office spaces. So that'll be the, the designed um, content for next week. Uh, again, all the sessions are being recorded and posted to our, our YouTube channel, so we do encourage people to catch up there and please subscribe. With that, we'll close up the session. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and everybody have a great week. Thanks.